All right. Um, always gotta always mess up with my intros. I always say so, and Ashley always gets mad at me. So I guess <laughs> can't do that way. All right. So my name's Luke. I'm here with. Uh, you just said so. <laughs> she hates it when I say yeah, so. So my name's Luke. All right. All right. Luke here today. <laughs> All right, so we're here at Apex. Um, it's a men's, I wouldn't call it a retreat. What did Jeff call it? A getaway? An escape? Get together. A get together? A revolution? All of Meeting the of the minds. Meeting of the minds. We're in a really amazing cabin, Lake Tahoe, with 30 other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Missing our wives. Missing our wives. I'm not missing <laughs> anyone. <laughs> Single, full years and out there. <laughs> and counting. Oh. Yeah, all you ladies, message him. <laughs> Direct his Instagram. <laughs> so we're here with a bunch of different creatives. Um, one of those amazing creatives is Gareth Pond. Uh, my wife and I have been following him on Instagram for a couple months now. Uh, the dude's work is amazing. Um, he comes from South Africa. And um, so this is an opportunity I could not pass up and wanted to get him on the Unconventional Life podcast. And just talk to him more about him his background what he does um and just just have a chat so i also have co-hosting uh ashesh he's from the san francisco area he's a photographer and then i got jared from ohio he's another photographer so all three of us are kind of all four of us are going to just have a a fun raw conversation just about some of these topics and we're just gonna have fun with it and there's lots of fun things going on here so so gareth we'll just start with you um, tell us a little bit about your background, um, why you're here in the U.S., where you come from, just a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on this. Sure, uh, man. Thank sorry, you. I haven't actually listened to one of these before, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're awesome. I'm going to go subscribe afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so, a bit of a background. Um, I was born in South Africa. I'm half Mauritian, half Chinese, third generation <clears throat> third generation South African. Um, and for those of you who are listening, you don't know where Mauritius is. It's a very small island just outside of Africa, just past Madagascar. Okay. So um, it's a perf- perfect combination of South Africa and France. So you go there, first language is French, um, very small. You can drive across the whole island in like two hours. So do you speak I, French? I just speak English. <laughs> so th- thanks to my parents who... Um, <coughs> spoke different languages yeah they only decided to speak english to myself and my brother so oh, man they could have they could have taught us like four languages you could have oh, been so much cooler i know right yeah You're, you've gone down in the cool <laughs> stage uh, linguistics right <laughs> we could have done this podcast in four languages uh, oh yeah we, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, so i was born in south africa i grew up in a city called johannesburg born in a town called benoni um very Afrikaans community, um, but Johannesburg as a whole, we moved to Bedford View, and I I just grew up there. Always thought I was um, gonna do something great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mainly from my parents, always encouraging me to be the best of myself and and do the best that I ever could. So, um, always knew I'd be creative. Uh, I love creativity. Like the first time I found out that I was creative was actually in like some random art class okay and my teacher was like hey here's a piece of paper draw something and i distinctly remember drawing a pigeon <laughs> a pigeon, a pigeon. <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> was, was this in high school baby pigeon? this was in like preschool <laughs> i don't know it was really i was really young um and i drew this 
like random pigeon and i was like hey i like drawing i know that i'm gonna be creative and yeah sort of that's where my initial first days were um to cut a long story short i ended up going through a whole lot of means of different creative mediums i've done everything from fashion design to web design to traditional drawing a bit of architecture web design um animation and then i eventually settled on doing film and photography and <clears throat> just to to give you an idea when i was studying film i only started doing photography because of instagram and i had the kit that already that i had from doing film so i was like oh i can double up i can take photos and shoot videos mm. um and instagram sort of just encouraged me to do that more and more every single day and the reason I did that was purely to improve my composition. So there's, there's that 10,000 hour rule that you become a master of something once you've spent 10,000 hours doing it. Mm-hmm. And my, my opportunity was to take Instagram as the medium mm-hmm. so I could just do more photography as much as I could. Um, and then sort of things just progressed. Uh, this is a very long answer. <laughs> no, 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 it's good, it's good. <clears throat> things progressed from there where I was I was actually still studying when Instagram came out. Okay. Um, that was my second degree that I, I started. I didn't finish my first one, which was fashion design. Um, my second degree uh, was a visual is a visual communication degree, um, bachelor a bachelor's. So went from that while I was studying. Instagram came out. I was like. This is a stupid app that's giving me FOMO <laughs> on Facebook because I keep seeing posted from Instagram. Right. Very bad filter, but it looks great. And people keep commenting, oh, my God, that looks so vintage. How did you take that photo? And I'm right. like, oh, I don't have an iPhone. I need an iPhone. Hmm. So the first t- photo I took was actually on an iPad, which was hilarious. Oh, wow. Because um, pe- nobody likes nobody likes people who use the iPads to Instagram, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... It eventually progressed to the point where I was I was very curious about the potential of Instagram. I, I was discovering photographers in the in the States, in France, um, Berlin. I was just browsing. Back then, it was a very curious platform. You could literally search any city and find an amazing photographer. What year was this? This was in 2012. Okay. Yeah. So in 2012... This was all happening and I, I felt like I needed to just take this full opportunity and just explore visually like what I could do. Um, off the back of that, a few of my friends started uh, hanging out. We started hanging out in the city and what we're actually trying to do is duplicate uh, like typical New York shots in our own city. <laughs> so those in- incredible like looking down like along New York Street. Yeah. Like, we would try and duplicate those shots in our own cities. And what city was that? That was Johannesburg. Johannesburg, yeah. okay. Is it as set up like New York City, like with the skyscrapers, different things? It's There's skyscrapers. Um, it's not nearly as big as New York. Like, New York's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got the same. It's got a similar vibe. Very, okay. very busy, very intense. Um, and the progression from there was just organizing these things called Instameets. And Instameets are basically... Uh, like just get-togethers and the excuses that you just get together with people and take photos. Like it's, it was really cool. Kind of um, like photo walks. Photo walks, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been someone who've who's been driven by community. Like I love people, 
I love being able to like bring people together and just almost be like the person who just introduces people to each other, you know. Um, and Instameets for me were, was like a really cool opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And that sort of doubled up twofold to the point where um, like these Instameets just kept growing and growing and growing and people just kept coming to them. Um, and what started happening eventually is that the the perspective of Johannesburg started changing because the, the central like downtown part of Johannesburg is very like, it's got a very negative connotation. People like are scared to go. They're like, "Oh, you'll go and you'll get shot instantly." Like, and it's just like a stupid perspective on it. And what started happening is like these photo walks started creating these beautiful images of the city, and it was created through like Instagrammers who um, would go in the city, see something really random or really cool, take the photo, post it, and suddenly like somebody in like another suburb would be like whoa, that's in the city. Like, I didn't even know the city was that beautiful. Um, And then I was like, this is amazing. This is happening in Johannesburg. Like, I'd love to start this in the rest of South Africa. So from there, I I launched uh, the first, first, like, national Instagram community in South Africa. It was linked up to an international uh, community called the Instagrammers. Um, Very simple, like, straightforward name but the the whole basis of it was I wanted to approach a single person in every single city that I could in in South Africa and over one weekend launch a national community so um beginning of 2013 kicked that off and we kicked off in all the major cities and some of the smaller cities and it just sort of rolled out from there um there were multiple people shooting at the same day same time yeah over the same weekend yeah so basically, like that was the first of many Instameets to come. Wow. Um, it's now progressed to a point where there's been a ton of like offspring communities, which is amazing because I never wanted it to be about like me right. or like our community. I wanted it to just ignite um, people capturing their city with a fresh, a fresh eye, you know. Um, and then what happened from there is, is Instagram themselves started like seeing this activity and they were like, whoa, there's this huge like, Instagram community in South Africa Um, and then eventually they started featuring the Instameets on their blog um, and then they'd often like contact me and be like hey like what's happening this or there's a worldwide Instameet happening don't you want to organize something so there was a lot of great activity that was going along in in South Africa and um, we were sort of like getting on the map you know so uh, the result of that then was like I started getting reached out by a lot of international blogs. Huffington Post listed me as ten, one of 10 Instagrammers to follow in the world. Um, CNN made a documentary about me. MTV made a documentary. Um, I got featured on a whole bunch of like international publications and it all started to sn- snowballed from there. So um, it was all uh, like at the start of all of this, I, was, I wasn't like, I want to become the 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 biggest Instagram in South Africa. Like, I was just like, I wanted to bring people together and create something awesome that everyone could appreciate. So um, I live in Chicago now and I'm there also because of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who actually offered me the job, I didn't know this at the time, but he's the chief creative officer of an agency called Havas, which is based in Chicago. It's a, it's a international agency 
there's ones all over the world and um he's the chief creative officer there his name his username is jason m peterson he's got a million followers like shoots amazing black and white photos um and i initially met him through instagram we'd followed each other um we both avidly used that check-in application swarm mm-hmm. um and he was in new york at one time he checked in i checked in and i was like yo we've never met up let's hang out yeah um we met up took some photos hang out more that week um and then parted ways kept in touch through snapchat okay <laughs> <laughs> right um, Be- before instagram stories of course right, right. yeah <laughs> and um just like a few months later we were both in vegas at ces well i was there for ces he was there for he was i don't know what he was there for actually <laughs> and i still didn't know who he was at the stage i just thought he was a really cool like photographer um and both checked in again same same time and i was like yo i'm in vegas let's hang out he ends up organizing a helicopter ride for us wow um then i got connected with the helicopter company in vegas i ended up doing two more helicopter rides wow um and hung out a bit more and on his way out he left a day earlier than i did we had burgers at in and out and he offered me a job and I was like, wait, who are you? Like, <laughs> wow. You're so, like, a job at what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, to cut a long story short, it took six months uh, to process the visa and get everything finalized. But yeah. I moved to Chicago in August. Wow, that's awesome. And dude. now I'm here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Oh, you must really uh, miss South Africa, though, right? Um, I think... I miss I miss the people a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I love South Africa. Um, I love how it's so diverse. It's very it's a very tangible city. You can go there and I mean country. It's a very tan- tangible country. You can go there and uh, you can feel like the emotion and the culture. Like it's it's very beautiful in that sense. Um, but in many ways, like the move couldn't have come at a better time because I felt like I'd reached a plateau there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunities were still coming and they were still coming in like quite consistently, but I'd got to a point where it was the same thing. It was like rinse and repeat. So I, I do miss, I do miss South Africa. I miss my friends a ton. I miss, uh, South African hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the fresh food. Like there's a ton of things I do miss, but I think the move was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. Okay. So what makes a, a hamburger South African? Just It's just so fresh. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but American meat, meat tastes like American meat. <laughs> American, like, lettuce tastes like American lettuce. Like, it's in South Africa, everything's fresh. It's all, like, homegrown. It's all organic. Like, there's, being organic is not a thing in South Africa because it's all organic. Like, it's, <laughs> right. it's all natural. It's, it's amazing. So, wow. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And depressing. And yeah. The, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, For here. So, so we went over your background, went over your beginning. Awesome. Super stoked about that. There's one question that, uh, well, one of the things that really excited me when I first stumbled upon your work on Instagram, in your description on Instagram, you, you specifically state in there that you're, you're, uh, you love to make and you hide a rocket in all of your photos. And so for Ash and I, uh, my wife, we have... Every time you post a new photo, 
Uh, we try to make it our mission to find these rockets and I've been successful in a few, but there's been some that have kicked my butt and I'm like, where's this rocket at? You know? <laughs> so I love the challenge. And we were talking earlier today about how you have incorporated that into your photos for a very specific reason. Um, tell us about that. Sure. So I had a rocket in every photo I post. Um, don't try to look for them in the videos. They're not in there yet. <laughs> so why a rocket? Um, so basically... The idea of the rocket is like, I believe that everyone in the world should have at least one ridiculous dream. Um, my dream is to eventually go to space one day. Um, but the reason why I believe that is because the moment your your belief system and your, your dreaming system ticks over into that conscious belief of this ridiculous dream, then every single other dream in your life becomes possible. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's, a very, it's a very like motivating thing for yeah. me. Because if I like now dream about starting a business, it's like, yeah, that's way smaller than going to space. So it's possible. Um, and that's a very like, that's a very God thing for me. Like um, he's always, I've always have a, had a really good relationship with my, my parents. Like, and I've always been like a very like open Christian. And part of that is just being able to believe in what I feel God's, put in your heart like the dreams he's put in your heart so um that's what the rocket's for oh that's awesome <laughs> but the element of hiding the rocket is it, it was actually birthed out of a bit of frustration okay um i was out taking photos with some friends one day ended up at a at a restaurant we all like ordered food and we were waiting and for a few seconds i just watched about 10 people at the table swiping on their phones and double tapping and like not even waiting for a few seconds on the photo they'll just be like swipe swipe double tap swipe swipe double tap and i'd yeah. be like i was like what how can i make people just linger a bit longer on my photos um and that's when i started hiding the rocket in them is because if i can make someone halt for just a few more seconds in their day just to um be, be a bit inquisitive or more curious about something then i've done my job like and that for me is just that's a simple reason word yeah that that's incredible is it the same rocket it's the same rocket it's it's not the emoji rocket because a lot of people think it's the emoji rocket it's actually a silhouette of the rocket. um i've got it tattooed on my right arm and every now and then i will post it to my instagram story so people know what it looks like yeah it's it's when you <laughs> go on found, there or he was just uh, showing did, me yeah one. did you find it that's cool jonathan found it yeah 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 so yeah, well, Ash and I will go through them. We're like, where's it at? We're trying to figure <laughs> out. There's one in the guy's beard, you know, with yeah, subway tiles on that one. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so I, it's something that you mentioned earlier about um, how when you started just doing the Instagram stories and you mentioned that it was something about it helped you compose your photos better. Yeah. So. Can you tell me more about like how, what what is that about? Because sure. Instagram has certain size limits and yeah. it's in a certain format and yeah, <sighs> absolutely. So I mean, Instagram initially was obviously one to one, so that was the aspect ratio, um, and that's a very interesting thing because one to one is a very nostalgic aspect ratio. You see it, you're like, must have been shot on a medium format, old Roly Flex or Hasselblad or something, um, and like that's where sort of composition started is being able to place an object or a subject within that frame in a very beautiful way. And the more you do that, the more you practice your 
your placing of a subject within that frame, the easier it becomes, the quicker you're able to do it, the quicker you're able to recognize it. Um, and being able to sort of like do that on a daily basis all the time, conti- continually and consistently really just pushed me into a place where I'd recognize things instantly. So the more you do that, especially as a filmmaker at that stage, I was I was like pretty pretty like knowledgeable technically on how cameras worked and what like all the different settings you need and whatever else. So I'm not gonna go into detail about that. But <laughs> um the one thing I knew I needed to practice on was how I placed subjects within a frame. Um and Instagram just was an excuse to do that more and more often. Yeah. Oh. So I'm a gearhead. So and yeah, yeah. yes you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> and and we and we've experienced even even on this trip, um just going through that. So your process, you went from a filmmaker to an Instagrammer that still is a filmmaker. Um yeah. how has that developed you know, with the gear that you use to make that accomplish yeah. your goals to to be able to do both and, and kind of play that out? Sure. So I mean initially when I started I was I'd spend all my free time researching cameras. Like that's what I do. I'd like dream about filming on a red one day and owning a red and I'd be like, Oh, Black Magic has released a new camera. Like it's <laughs> a normal thing. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um and it actually got to a point where where I was like, I know so much about cameras to the point where it's become a crutch. And um I knew the technicalities of a camera and it was all healthy, but I was focusing so much on that that I forgot to tell stories. Like you stopped shooting? I stopped shooting or when I shot it would just be like a beautiful piece of footage and that was it. Like it didn't say anything. Um and that's sort of like when I switched I turned to Instagram to be like, how can I be more compelling with how I shoot? How can I tell more stories? How can I be more narrative based? How can I unite emotion? How can I just make people a bit more curious like simple things to like the most complex things um and going from a filmmaker to doing more photography to now actually re-questioning that whole process again um it's always just been a a combination of of making all the right mistakes like i didn't i wasn't i didn't go out with the intention of being like cool i want to be the top instagram and i want to be a insta famous instagram whatever you want to call it like that was never my intention it's always been a a progression a boredom and then a change a progression a boredom and a change and sometimes it's it's re-researching gear sometimes it's uh being more aware of emotion what i create and what i script um sometimes it's uh just talking to some friends and and being like hey how was my work this week and then being like it was pretty crap like you need to re-look how you're shooting and how you're thinking with stuff so um i don't know if that really answered your question but it's uh well i mean no i mean i think that that kind of explains it's not the gear that makes the story it's the yeah it can be told by any gear sure yeah people always ask me that they're like what do you shoot on and i'm like well i shoot on whatever i have with me um nowadays you carry a a phone no matter what phone you have it shoots what a, a video camera co- that cost like three thousand dollars years ago shoot shot um so being able to have that 
power at your hand, like it makes a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. You had mentioned something earlier today about the frustration factor. Um, getting very frustrated kind of helps change and causes one to do some great work. Um, tell us a little bit about how maybe that happened with you or somebody that you knew. Sure. You two tell me how you've been frustrated recently <laughs> in anything. Uh, how have I been frustrated? I know you have a little yeah. bit. Just creatively, like what is some frustrations that you you go through? Well, the frustration, I mean, for me, it's uh, it's more like, you know, when there are so many photographers out there and so many photographers doing amazing work. Yeah. How do you set yourself apart? I mean, you, you touched on that a little bit and, you know, there is so much to photography and you can spend hours and hours on tutorials and learning and yeah. uh, learning your gear sure. and, and reading books on composition and everything. But at, at the end of the day, uh, as you were mentioning, when, you know, people are just scrolling through their feeds on yeah. their phone, how do they stop? Mm. And what do you do different that that they will stop and look at it? I mean, the frustration comes from, man, to me, I went out there and I, I felt like I, I did yeah. a great job and yeah. I took this great picture and yeah, and probably it's not even getting looked at. Sure. <laughs> How about you? Um, recently, I expressed frustration with kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Like I, I got to the point where I was shooting and I was doing stuff so much that what was expected of me was actually less than what I expected of myself. Hmm. And so I was disappointing myself in what I was actually producing. Sure. Yeah. And so the biggest frustration was how do I combine the passion for what I enjoy to do but make that achievable and attainable for for what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's been my biggest most recent struggle as well. Sure. How about you? You mentioned something yeah. about when you shoot weddings. Like yeah, I think back. one of my biggest frustrations is my own capability of, of just being able to go out and take a step. I'm naturally, I default at being shy, yeah. especially come here into this retreat, um, not knowing anybody. So it's, it's very natural for me to just kind of cower in the corner. So it, it kind of pours over into weddings a little bit where I'll have Ash just kind of take the lead on posing people because I don't want to, you know, insult or... or, or you know, come off in a wrong way and post somebody in a weird way or make them feel uncomfortable by, you know, improperly saying the wrong words and coaching them or directing them. So just hiding behind that fear of like having the confidence saying, Hey, I can go out and say these things or do these things, or I can jump out and, and take a risk and say, Hey, my name's Luke. Who are you? And, and start a conversation. I've always been the one that says, Hey, eventually I'll talk to this person or eventually we're going to cross paths that will force me to have to do something um, versus just taking a step and going out. So that's a frustration. Sure. I mean, like at the basis of what what we've all spoken about, like it's it's an emotional thing. Like frustration, very emotional. Like, um, and it's a sort of that level of like getting to the point where you're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Like, I know maybe I could have done better, or like maybe I could have done that. Like, that's a that's a healthy thing. Like, it's an em especially for creators for you to look at your work that you've shot yesterday and hate it 
It's a healthy thing. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about that's daily? <laughs> Every second, whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah. That's another podcast, right? <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, like I think, I think as creatives, like we get to a point where, where we know we can do better, and and that's healthy because the moment you reach that, you lose that frustration, um, and you arrive, whatever that means, you arrive at a point of success. And you stop growing, you stop challenging yourself, you stop being a better you that you can be like, and that, that sounds very motivational. But <laughs> the reality is, is as creators, we need to keep changing, we need to keep challenging ourselves. And you're saying that there's just so many photographers out there nowadays. Um, and what, what does it matter? Like, like each of us have unique perspectives on image creation, video creation, film creation, and being able to, to find that niche and take it on with full force is something that will separate you. Like you could you could be that one dude who finds the best way to take a portrait of babies in pink tutus, whatever. Like, <laughs> and, and that could be your thing. Like th- that's opportunity with all these photographers. There's so many generalists out there. Like, you can get so specific nowadays that people are like, there's this guy who takes amazing photos of little babies in pink tutus and some dude from Russia can find out about you and like fly in to Russia and like take photos of their baby. Like, so that's the reality is that you're able to carve such finite niches for yourself nowadays. Um, and that comes back to the frustration thing is that you get frustrated because you know that opportunities there and Sometimes it's just out of reach, but that level of frustration is super healthy because it it motivates and it drives you to go and push for that. Because the moment you land on that that accessible point where that frustration gets satisfied, you've reached another a level of your creativity, and um, that's a healthy process. Like it goes, you go through the means, you go through the 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 challenges, but the moment you arrive at that point of of like almost attaining that that frustration it, it it's cool like it's rad and it becomes easier you know? yeah do you remember that time for you is there anything specific that you can think about i mean i go through that weekly like weekly it's, okay it's it's an internal thing for me in many 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 ways um but the most recent thing was actually moving to america because I knew I knew that I would have shifted, I would have moved, there would have been a, a bigger creative challenge. Um, and it was always, it, it kept getting pushed out. So two months turned to six, four months, four months turned to six months. <laughs> Eventually it all happened and I arrived in Chicago and I was like, damn it, finally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it happens on a daily basis. Like I, I've in the battles all the time and I think as creatives like you guys can relate just there's always this back and forth of what can I do better what can I do next what how can I do it and being able to firstly be aware of that because awareness is really powerful um, and secondly just being able to handle it in a way that you and your own essence can express it in your own your own creativity like not not find solutions through anyone else but find the solution that only you can give to that situation. How are you challenging yourself nowadays? 
to get to that next level. Yeah. So I'm, um, I I distract myself often. I I rest a lot. Like that's something that creatives do not do. We don't rest. Um, <laughs> we're all pointing we're at all Jared. Pointing at Jared. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was just looking at it. <laughs> um, so I I rest a lot because I find that the best way for me to um, navigate that space is just is just making more space for myself, making more space for my my creative muscle to grow. Um, and sometimes that doesn't mean researching a book or doing this or doing that. Sometimes it just means stopping. Like that's something we don't do as creatives is we don't stop. We never, we never turn off. Um, something I do when I go watch movies is I have certain switches that I turn off. So uh, Zack Schneider is one of my favorite directors and people are like, what, his films suck, what are you talking about? But the reason why he's one of my favorite directors is because I turn off all my switches except for the eye candy switch. <laughs> yeah. Because his films are absolutely beautiful. But if you want to see like a deep story that's going to move your heart, don't go watch one of his films. <laughs> so um, I do little things like that where I, I navigate my own creative process and I'm like, okay, what do I need right now? How can I do it? How can I challenge my, my self-doubt? How can I challenge my um, perspective of success, whatever it is? And um, it changes throughout the week throughout the challenges that come um but those are some of the things take take a break um go go do what satisfies your soul basically that's good um who's your big biggest inspiration or who you, you aspiring to or looking up to besides Zack snyder <laughs> with all the eye candy um that's a very hard question i think I think it's changed throughout the years. Um, for a while, I I really idolized two two filmmakers, um, mainly because of the perspective they have on film. The one is like Terrence Malick. He did uh, Tree of Life, um, Thin Red Line. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of films he's done. And the reason why I love him so much is because a lot of people hate his films. <laughs> Um, common thread here yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he he creates some of the most amazing films like you just yeah you watch them and you come out feeling different and you don't know why so in a thought process of how he creates films like that's why I love him is he's also like if you google him you can't find him there's two photos on the internet that I know of that are on on the internet yeah the ones of him in a cowboy hat pulling this dumb grin and the other is like another angle of the same photo or something. Yeah. And he's just, he creates these highly like intellectually beautifully shot films. Yeah. His cinematography is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. there's, there's almost like zero narrative in yeah. them, but you, like I said, you walk away and you just like, you feel something. Yeah. Um, and then the other director is actually a Korean, Korean director, Chanwok Park. Um, and he created a, he created a, a film that was actually, um, remade by Hollywood recently called Old Boy. Don't watch the Old Boy remake because it's terrible. <laughs> I think Hollywood made someone made it. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but the original Old Boy is is actually part of a three part series um, about vengeance. Like, mm-hmm. so it's about revenge. It's about like just being just getting back at someone. Like, there's these very like dismal situations in each yeah. of the films. And it's about these people like 
getting revenge. Um, and very dark films, but the way that he go he takes on filmmaking in a very unconventional sense. <clears throat> All the films are in Korean um, with subtitles, and if you watch those films, it just sort of like again they're very they're very compelling. The narratives are strong, but also visually he he uses visual aesthetics within the film to convey more of the story. Um, and then if you watch some of his other films, there's this one film called uh, I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay, <laughs> which is a love film that takes place inside an insane, uh, insane asylum. Oh, wow. And it's, it's also, again, it's beautiful. It's, he uses a ton of special effects. I love it when filmmakers use special effects to um, convey meaning okay. instead of just eye candy. Um, and he does that really well in that film. It's about, it's about this mental patient, patient who thinks she's a cyborg. Um, and some of the one scene is so beautiful. She like walks out of the one room and she just like starts walking down this hall and you see her face open and then her hands <laughs> open and she just kills everyone in this hospital. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're like, what the flip just happened? <laughs> and then the next scene is the hospital's perfect again and she's in her bed. What? And you're just like, oh, like he uses little things where you're like, whoa. He introduces you to these crazy yeah. mental yeah. like thought patterns and narratives and then you like go to the next scene and you're like oh my gosh what just happened <laughs> you're so, gonna have to send us a link yeah, we'll do. have to watch it it's amazing um so those two directors have been like big inspirations for me um i've yeah like i i don't really have consistent inspirations i find inspiration through different mediums um when I was studying fashion, I never researched fashion designers. I researched architecture. Um, and that's so why did you do that for fashion? So that's sort of like one of my back way, back door um, techniques to approach creativity is a lot of people say like you're studying film, they research film directors. Mm -hmm. So my, my take on it is if you're wanting to become a filmmaker, why not go research um, fashion? Mm -hmm. And be like, how can I be a, a filmmaker that approaches filmmaking like a fashion designer? So I would take that perspective in fashion design. When I was studying fashion, I'd be like, how can I approach fashion in the sense that an architect would approach architecture? Mm. So I'd research like history of architecture, design aesthetics of architecture, and I'd apply those to my fashion um, on fashion days so it's a very like refreshing way to to research creativity is is always find a back door because everybody's going to pinterest and like looking up uh beautiful lit portrait photos in the studio with pink lights like <laughs> right, everybody's right. golden that. hour pictures <laughs> exactly <yeah. laughs> um so my method is is always how how can you do something that you can't google like how can you do something unconventional but then applied in a very accessible way yeah did, did that always come natural to you or was that something that you discovered like hey if this would be a good method if i followed this or did you just naturally say hey i'm gonna go try this try this out um it came out of curiosity so i would i found that i would get bored very quickly if i researched the medium that i was working in um so the curiosity came from progressing to other mediums and then I found that that was a very good 
technical method to to approach research. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Anybody? <laughs> so you started into Instagram, um, at least from what I heard, it sounded more. It was more about bettering your community and creating a community. So now that that's kind of taking you somewhere, what do you want to do with it now? Yeah. So, so I mean, Instagram's a very big numbers game. People love the numbers. I don't know why. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm taking it as a, a thing of saying, like, how can you take this? How can I take this popularity now? maybe rally if rally together a few other popular photographer friends and and use it for good um that's one of the things i've been thinking of i also want to i, w- I want to also just return back to what i feel like community should be again um it's been and this is very this is getting into like the dark side of instagram but it's become a lot more about numbers it's become a lot more about cheating on the platform um it's gotten monetized like there's there's different aspects to it which have sort of taken away from the original um instagram game like it was it was fun it was curious it was mysterious um so now i'm just i'm just thinking like what what is there that i can do to sort of pioneer something fresh within the platform like Maybe it's starting a new community. Maybe it's uh, doing something completely different from Instagram. Um, I've I've sort of, and we spoke about this a little earlier, but I'm going through a bit of a rebrand at the moment, and and part of that is asking all these big questions. Like um, something one of my mentors told me uh, early on, very early on in like life was you've always got to ask yourself big questions and on a consistent basis like once a year sit down say what am i doing with my life where am i going like all those obvious questions because it's it's very scary to take over and six years later you're like i'm still in the same place um and part of my rebrand is sort of reinvigorating like what i really love like i used to draw a lot i used to do um pencil and charcoal drawings which i don't have anymore because it was pre-Instagram. It was pre-photography pre, um, days for me. So I've never documented any of that stuff. And a lot of it got thrown away and like like spring cleaning or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm rethinking that space again. And just again also returning back to my love for filmmaking because I stopped a lot of that when I was doing more photography. Um, and also just seeking out the right the right communities where I can like apply those skills again. So there's, there's different elements of that that'll come in. Um, I haven't solved it yet. Um, and I don't think I, I don't think it will be a solve. It'll be something that naturally happens by mistake. Cause that's just how things seem to play out in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think when that happens, it'll, I'll know because it'll, it'll satisfy certain things within my creative soul. I can almost see this type of Instagram movement that you did in uh, South Africa coming over here. I mean, just, I would love to be a part of something like that, doing a little shooting community, going out. I don't, I don't use Instagram. Uh, my wife does all the uh, social media for us, but 
I don't know. It's challenging just to to look at that medium in a different way and challenge yeah. yourself. Of it's course. Inspiring. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so interesting though that you mention about going back to the roots. You know, going back to holding that pencil in your hands and and drawing it on a piece of paper or taking the chalk and drawing it on the board. Um, when you have all the tools available in the world to you right now. I mean, even on your cell phone, you can draw so much nowadays. Uh, But for you wanting to go back to where it all comes from, you know, just something about taking the pencil and putting it on the paper, it's so empowering. Uh, It's, you know, there's endless possibilities of that from that first dot on the paper to what you can do on the rest of the page. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because um, for, a, for, a whole, for a while when I was, I was giving a lot more public talks about just Instagram in general, I'd say the, I'd, I was like, the photo is the new pencil. Like it's, and it's actually turned around now where I'm like, actually the pencil's still the pencil. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I feel like a, a lot of people are just missing tangible things, you know, it's almost like digital books now. I mean, as a kid, I'm only 34, but I remember going to the library, checking out hardback books, reading those things. And then now we're at a, at a point where we have the iPad, the iPhone, and we can read hardback books still and digital books. Yeah. And it's almost like when you start trying to read on the iPad, it's like, this is cool, but it's we've been used to holding you know a book in our hand. My yeah. kids now are, everything's on the iPad. I mean, they still use books for their school and stuff, but like... They're going to be a generation where everything is almost digital. There's no tangible things, really. You yeah. know, not as much as we have it. It's true. I mean, I uh, people who know me at work or whoever they they laugh because I I never have a pencil with me and I never have paper with me. I always, I'm a very digital person. Yeah. Um. So that's why I feel like it's very. It's a very interesting thing for me to to have that desire to want to go back and like pick up a pencil again and, and draw a drawing and not buy like an iPad pro with a pencil because <laughs> right. that's, you want to feel that texture again. Like, um, so yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely going to be a shift there somewhere and the way, I don't know how it's going to translate, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll be able to see your pencil drawings on Instagram. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you can create another Instagram channel, you know, yeah. uh, Gareth Pond pencil. <laughs> kind of like your food channel what is it Gareth Pond Gareth Pond eats yeah yeah you gotta follow that one as well um, anything else Jared or Shesh you guys are thinking of yeah I just have a last question so uh, uh, where do you see yourself in you know 5, 10, 15 years uh, long term um, hopefully married yay <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a good thing um, yeah I mean I relationship love life aside like i just i i don't know like i know that i'll be in chicago for at least the next few years um i i do want to i do want to fulfill a few dreams like hopefully i want to i'll go to space sooner than later um i want to start i want to start something that just enables people to be more creative and enable people to fulfill their creative desires um before I moved from South Africa, I was looking at setting up a collective creative art studio craftsman space, like, and like whatever that looks like is a different story, but it would have basically been, um, a double story space where people could come in, uh, and utilize 
anything and everything they needed. Tools would be there. Um, and the entire space would be funded by people around the world who believe in creativity. Um, and whether or not that's even possible is another story. But long term, I'd love to be able to just enable creatives to just make their ideas. Like, and I think now more than ever, there's opportunities to do that. Things like 3D printing, things like um, Kickstarter, whatever it is. There's a lot of um, beautiful methods to be able to get to a final product, but there's no clear means on how to get there or clear space. And as creatives, like we're pretty damn lazy sometimes <laughs> or distracted, whatever you want to call it. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know how to get from A, a to Z. Like it's, it's, it's a tough thing. So um, I think one of my long-term goals is is to be able to set up a space and set up a method even if it's a method like for people to just fulfill what they feel they can do creatively that's awesome all right gareth uh tell us where people can find you on the internet you can find me on instagram gareth pond and if you want to find me anywhere else just google me google you that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> kind of there's more too. than two pictures of you <laughs> yeah. way, way more, way more. <laughs> but, it, but is there one with a cowboy hat yeah <laughs> there is actually yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, use, I'm in Hudson Bridge yeah there you go I'll use it for the, the picture here cool. uh, Gareth honestly dude thank you so so much for coming on here um, you've made Ashley's day twice in one day it was funny I was texting Ashley earlier I was like I'm having lunch with Gareth we're chatting <laughs> And then I was telling her about the rockets and you said hi and stuff like that and, and everything. And so was, she was pretty stoked. Yeah, so, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Dude, honestly, we're so excited. At Chef yeah. Jared, thank you so much for co-hosting with us. Thank you Absolutely. so much for your Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So this is the Unconventional Life podcast. Um, check us out. You can see us on the unconventional.life. And we are the unconventional.life on iTunes for podcasts. And you can check us out on check us out on Instagram. Sorry about that. At the unconventional life. Um, that's it. Um, until next time. Thanks. Rad.